0: go. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Go Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Heath the Project Hockey. And with me as usual is... Pete Kamen, Elevated Hockey. And today we had the pleasure of our guest,
1: Tommy Inkrot, coming on. He is the head strength and conditioning coach for the University of Minnesota, Mankato. And he had some great advice for us. So I think that this is a pretty cool episode. This is our first strength and conditioning coach we've had on. It's such a huge... Uh, backdrop and piece to successful athletes at a higher level, you know, having success and reaching even higher levels and be having the opportunity to talk with a coach that is working, you know, one-on-one with, with these future NHL players, uh, is a pretty cool opportunity. But I think if, you know, if you stick around through the, uh, the episode, there's one thing I'll kind of tease out there. He gave his kind of like go-to right now, his favorite drill that he's using with his athletes to increase speed and agility. And I think it's a simple drill that, everybody should be doing out there. Danny, what are your thoughts on the episode?
0: Well, I'm a huge fan of Tommy. Uh, one side note, I was in his wedding, so let's go on <laughs> that. Um, two, he's the man, he it's crazy to me, just like his thought process of everything. He never does anything without 100% effort and it always comes out, always comes out awesome and then he'll be like, okay, now how can we make it better? And like, not just his programming, but um, all that stuff and his yeah. advice, his advice for youth hockey players when he talks about at the end was he's like, this is going to sound boring. Uh, but I always like to say, don't get bored, get better. And so if you listen to his advice at the end, it was awesome to hear, uh, how simple it can be made for you to become a better athlete. And so it was all really, really good stuff. I'm excited to get in this one. If you like what you're hearing, I, I don't know how you couldn't, but if you, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you slash that like button, uh, just show us some more love so we can continue to, uh, have awesome guests on. So I'm excited about Tommy's episode here coming up and future episodes to come. Totally. And in the introduction, I realized
1: I just made a mistake. You know, he was at the University of Minnesota for a while, but it's currently at, at, at Danny, how, what is it? It's Minnesota State University, Mankato, right? Right. Is that the correct. All right. So I, I just I, I it butchered it. College. I butchered it.
0: You just call it the greatest college of all time. You we well, want. But, but Minnesota for, State yeah. University. Mavericks. Excited to have you on, Tommy. Have a listen and enjoy. Let's go.
2: Let's go. This interview was brought to you by our friends at hockeywolf.com. If you love the game of hockey or just know someone who does, you need to visit hockeywolf.com today. Hockey Wolf has physical locations in Montana and Washington State, but if you aren't lucky enough to live near one of their stores, you can always visit their website and place an order at any time. They have everything you need from skates and sticks to shower slips and hoodies. And for all of you coaches and organizational leaders out there, listen up because Hockey Wolf provides some of the best team sales services in all of North America. So if your team needs new helmets, maybe some gloves, boxes of tape, even some warm-up suits and training gear, Hockey Wolf has you covered. So like we always say, go support Hockey Wolf because they support us. That's dot com. And hey, for all of you lacrosse players out there, make sure you visit lacrossewolf.com too. All right, let's go to the interview. Hailing from Glendorf, Ohio,
0: studied athletic training at Bowling Green University before earning a master's in cardiac rehabilitation from MSU Mankato. Let's go. He worked with the Cleveland Indians and the University of Minnesota before joining the MSU Mankato Strength and conditioning Department full-time in 2009. He is currently the Director of Strength and Conditioning, overseeing all 20 men's and women's sports, including the NCAA Division I Hockey Program for both men and women at Minnesota State University, my alma mater. Let's go. During his tenure with Mankato, he has trained 181 NCAA All-Americans, 45 NSIC Conference Champions, 25 Tournament Champions, two Team National Champions, nine Individual National Champions, and two Team National Top Four finishes, and helped develop Over 15 student-athletes play professionally in the NFL and National Hockey League. Tommy Kraut, welcome to the Let's Go Hockey podcast. How are you doing today?
3: Pretty good. Pretty good. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk to you guys today. I think it's going to be a great time, and I'm excited for this. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, we're excited as well. I think, Tommy, I think you're the first strength and conditioning coach we've had on here uh, which is exciting. So we're excited to hear kind of your perspective on some of the things and how you're working with uh, the hockey players at at Mankato and 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 the athletes in general, the D one athletes in general. So why don't we start with you talking a little bit about your background and how you came up uh, to where you are now?
3: Yeah, you know what, Danny pretty much uh, talked about my background, but I nailed, will. Hear I it. nailed
0: that intro. I
1: absolutely <laughs> nailed.
3: nailed it. <laughs> Yes, I I do have a little bit of a different background uh, from the sense that I went into athletic training, uh, also known as sports medicine, knowing that I wanted to be a strength coach. So I did two internships when I went to Bowling Green. One was with the Cleveland Indians. That was for athletic training. And then the other one was for strength conditioning with Cal Dietz at the University of Minnesota. It was my internship with Cal that led to my graduate assistant position here at Minnesota State. During my GA position under Chuck Lobey, uh Chuck took a job with the Tampa Bay Lightning the very last semester that I was going to be here. Uh, when he left, I, re- I made sure everything ran smooth. When I graduated, I moved back to Ohio. Minnesota State did a search for a strength coach, didn't find anybody that they liked, so they ended up giving me a call back, asked if I would come back as, their in- as the interim head. And I would have an opportunity to apply for the official job the following year and to be right out of grad school and have that opportunity is, it's not very common. So, uh, so I, I jumped at it and uh, enjoyed it and was fortunate enough to get the following, get to get the official job the following year. And uh, I enjoy it here. So, so I'm still here. <laughs>
0: yeah. What uh, at what point did you know, like, strength and conditioning is what you wanted to do. Cause I mean, not every day, you know, you ask my three-year-old what she wants to be. It's usually not strength and conditioning coach. It's like a fireman or she wants to be her mommy or something. So <laughs> at what point, uh, at what point were you like, yeah, this is an awesome career. And how did you prepare to kind of make those jumps along the way?
3: You know, like, uh, like most, uh, I would say college, college kids or students, um, just graduating high school, even, you know, you, you start having those conversations with your, your, your parents. And, and for for me, it was also my brother. Um, and they, the obvious question, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I don't know. I was like, <laughs> what do you like to do? I was like, well, I like to work out. Like, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know if you can make a living doing that. Uh, but then my brother said, you know, why don't you, what do you think about being a strength coach? And I mean, I had no idea what a strength coach was, uh, but in, in high school, I played uh, football and basketball. And he said, well, you know, our strength coach in high school, his name was Jay, Jay, it was Jay Miller. And he said, well, you know what Jay does? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, you can that, – that, that's a strength coach. And I was like, that's a job? Said, yeah. <laughs> so he hooked me up with his strength coach in college, which was Cal Deeds. And oh, nice. Cal's kind of been a mentor ever since, since then. Yeah. And it was when I was doing my internship with Cal that uh that I realized or had that you know that for fruition whatever that wow this is pretty cool this is what I want to do that's awesome and that's That's awesome yeah that that's one of the important things with internships uh and I mean you just you learn what you want to do or you learn if that is you know what you want to do with your career so it, it worked it worked out well
1: Yeah. You know, we've talked about mentorships a few times on this, this podcast in the past and that, that flip side of that, the internship that's huge to be able to kind of sample a little sampling of, of that experience and see if it, if it's the right fit, but let's, um, why don't don't you, you you struck on something there that, that uh, you know, what is a strength and conditioning coach? Like how would you describe somebody coming up? That's maybe uh, an athlete or an aspiring trainer. Like, can you, can you describe kind of what you do on a day-to-day? And then I'm going to roll that into, into your program at Mankato after that. But if you can say, you know, what is your job as a strength and conditioning coach for the listeners?
3: <laughs> that is such a good question. <laughs> it's to work uh, out. It's to work yeah, out it's every day. What a strength <laughs> coach does. Uh, yeah, so usually usually how I just dis- I just dis- describe it is um, when you see the hockey players out there playing ice, there's there's a person who is, is helping them get stronger and faster. And and that's essentially what a strength coach is and, and does, is he's, he or she is the person that helps them become better hockey players from a physical standpoint, uh, making them faster and making them stronger. Uh, and then what, what was the second part of that question that you had?
1: Yeah, so the second part is, um, you know, how, how are you doing that with, with Mankato? And so kind of diving into the program that you've got there, you know, you've obviously had – You've been with him for over 10 years now. You've you've developed a lot of NHL players and a lot of big, you know, successful athletes, not just in hockey, but hockey's been very successful as well. So maybe can you talk about your role with that program and, and those athletes and those those sports teams?
3: There's you know, I think every strength coach has their own style and opinions of you know what's going to make the best hockey player. One of the things or I should say a couple of things, but one, one of the bigger things that, that I like to focus on here at Minnesota State is uh, speed. I think our, our programs do have a little bit more of a uh, speed and power focus on them. That's not to say we won't do, uh, you know, true strength exercises or have a true strength focus at parts of the year. Uh, our programs do change throughout the year, but overwhelmingly my my biggest goal for our guys is to to just make them faster and more resilient to injury is is probably our our biggest goals uh, or my biggest goal for for our guys
0: yeah that's a really that's an interesting way to put it and um you when you think of strength coach you always think like let's get the plates out and and throw some weight around but uh knowing you and and the way you're you're you've developed over time has been um it's been really fun to watch just knowing you personally. Uh, And the idea that like now your job is to make these guys and girls as fast as they can possibly be and uh, not get hurt because the, obviously these athletes, their goal isn't to play college hockey the rest of their life. They want to make it to the NHL uh, or they want to make it to the Olympics or they want to make it to whatever the top of their sport is. And so keeping them healthy along the way is huge. Um, And, and, Speaking about those higher-end um, NHL draft picks and guys that have played in the NHL, you've coached and developed quite a few of them, and it actually seems to be more and more and more every year. And I think this year, I think uh, almost every senior ended up signing a pro contract at the end of the season. And what are some things that that separate those players that play after college um, versus ones that might not?
3: Well, uh, you know, quite a few things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say, well, I, yeah, I would say quite a, quite a few things really, you know, a, a couple being, um, you know, their ability to recover, uh, their ability to stay healthy. A lot of times they take care of themselves a little bit better than the others from the sense of, uh, you know, kind of like those, the, the pre-practice and, and pre-game rituals where they're foam rolling or uh, doing certain exercises that help them prepare and remain healthy throughout, through, throughout the seasons. Um, I think another big one is just understanding the game. To to, uh, hockey is a very fast game, but, but for them, they, they understand it and they almost know where to be and it, it, they're almost able to see the game a bit slower uh, because they, they do have that uh, hockey sense. So yeah, I think those sure. are su- su- several things that, that make them special.
1: a a player that's having a lot of success at the college level and is seeing the game slower, you know, that for a player coming in as a freshman, that's a pretty big jump into the college game, whether they're coming straight from a high school program or or from a junior hockey program. Um, What do you see as the biggest challenge for those players or those players that are listening, that are trying to make that jump into, into college hockey, you know, whether it's division one or another level, just that next level, what do you, what do you see as the biggest challenge for those uh, when they're first reaching that? And what do you do to help them, you know, from a strength and conditioning standpoint, overcome those challenges and and be ready to play.
3: You know, I think, I think the biggest challenge uh, from what I see and, 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 you know, having conversations with, with the incoming freshmen also, the the, the biggest one is just the speed of the game Uh, when they, when they get to get to the college level, it's just such a a faster pace. It's a faster game. Uh, And part of that is just playing at that higher, higher, higher pace and, you know, getting comfortable being uncomfortable and playing at at, at such a high speed in the weight room, it's, you know, bringing them up to the same level of speed and power as our our other players uh, from, you know, from the physical standpoint of the weight room.
0: Will they, will they start before they get there? So like do the freshmen before they even get there, is there anything you send them or, Anything that they do, maybe that time uh, that summer before they come in,
3: for sure, for sure, yeah, uh, that's something we we started doing. I would say probably three three or four years ago uh, that I started working a little bit closer with with the incoming freshmen and, and, so, and some sometimes you know ju- ju- or junior players who are two two years out, but I'm sending them workouts yep. uh, throughout the summer they typically have someone who's working with them during the seasons yes. uh, during their, their, their hockey season. But, uh, over the summer, I am sending them more workouts. I'm in like pretty consistent communication with them until the time that they get here. Uh, and that's, we've actually seen a, a big improvement in the, uh, the development of our guys as they, as they come in uh, yeah. and, and it's, it's a, it's a little bit easier transition for them also because they're, they're used to our programs. They're used to my programming style, I guess.
0: Yeah. And I, th- I think another thing just to point out is like the job that you do and how incredible it is and the relationships that you have. I was just talking with one of your old players and my old teammates, Araya Hayes, um, played in the NHL, got his face smashed in a little bit, so couldn't play as long as he wanted. But, um, he, We were talking the other day when he was in town, he just said even when he made it to the next level, he was still coming back to get your programming because of the way it helped him perform on the ice. And then once his hockey career was done, uh, he opened up a, a hockey gym, and the first guy he asked for strength and conditioning stuff was you. And so for me, whatever you're doing here at the greatest college in the, in the country um, <laughs> is is obviously working because – it's those types of things like the relationships you have with your players is something that maybe you don't even notice, but it's a huge part of what you do. And it's a huge part of trust. And what is, what does that look like for you? Um, what, like what's a typical week if I'm a player for you and let's stick to hockey, it's a hockey podcast. I know you do a billion different sports, but, um, what does a typical week look like if you're a a hockey player for MSU, from your from your standpoint, uh, kind of going through that week,
3: game week. Uh, so we can start with we we start with like the fall, uh, sure. work work our way through through the year. But a, a, a typical year is uh, pre preseason when when they come back in the fall. It's three days a week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, in the weight room. Uh, I will get on the ice usually two to three times a week in the fall pre preseason uh, conditioning. I, I loosely I loosely say conditioning because two of the days I try to have a, a, a bigger focus on uh, speed and agility and then one day on conditioning when I'm on the ice. And then as the preseason progresses, I'll kind of spend a little bit less time on the ice and the coaches spend a little bit more time on the ice. So they kind of phase me out and then phase them back in. And then we're getting into the season itself. We do uh, we do rec- we we do record uh, heart rate. So the guys are wearing a heart rate strap. I'm I'm rec- rec- recording their heart rates during practice, for workouts, games. So I am attending practices to get that data. Uh, in season, I'm li- I'm with them two days a week in the weight room. Uh, travel with them before before all the all the games, practices, workouts. Anytime the, the team is together during the during the year or during the during the hockey season. Or anytime, time really, I'll be with them. For sure. As we get uh, past the season; they get two weeks off. Then we'll start. We'll start off season. Like the first, I would say probably three to four weeks post season, I'll be with them three three days a week. And then we get into the summer. I'll have something for them to do five days a week. First half of the summer, they get the opportunity to go home and train um, on their own. But on my program. The second half of the summer, we'll be together as an entire team for six weeks, uh, five days a week with me. It'll be Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, typically a total body workout, Tuesday, Thursday, more focused on power, speed, agility. They get two weeks to go home before school starts, and then that's where we came in with preseason three days a week.
1: Nice. So Tommy, in that, uh, in that breakdown, one thing that caught my attention is the the heart rate monitors. Can you dive into a little bit about, you know, what you're measuring with those, how you're doing it, what you're doing with that data? Um, you know, is that just throughout the practice, different practices is it in games as well. You know, can you break down what your, your thought process is with those heart rate monitors on your athletes?
3: Yeah, for sure. So, so the main thing that I use the heart rate monitors for is you can think about this, uh, during, during, a, during the hockey season, there is a certain amount of work that we want to do to perform and play our best on the weekends. If we do too much, that will affect performance. If we don't do enough, that will also affect performance. So the goal with the heart rate monitors is to track how much work. Uh, it's called load or how much work that we're doing throughout the week to ensure we're playing our best on the weekends. Uh, also, if we do too much, that could also lead to injury in addition to affecting per, per, per performance. So you can think of it kind of as an insurance policy for us to help, help our guys play their best on the weekends, making sure they're not doing too much, and then not, maybe, maybe making sure they're doing enough.
1: So is there, um, I mean, that totally makes sense. And, and I haven't done that with my athletes, but it, it makes my head spin a little bit of like the potential to to just really dial in those analytics. And is there any other, uh, you know, tracking or testing throughout the course of the season that you guys are doing, um, you know, to, to really track an athlete's or a hockey players progress?
3: Yeah. So every, uh, every, so once a week, every week, I will also measure their verticals. Um, and we do, we do hand, hand, hands on the hip vertical, uh, with a jump mat. And what I'm looking for with, with the jump mat is, is to kind of assess our, our performance is, or rather are my workouts achieving what I want them to achieve. If, uh, if if our, if our, if our verticals are plateauing or going down, uh, that could be, it it could be a lot of things. Um, but, but specifically what I'm hoping to see is our verticals to kind of go up a little bit as, the season progresses, um, and this this past year was was probably our our best year in regards to uh, seeing the the verticals increase as as I was as I was I was hoping, um, which was pretty cool to see. I think we had it was it was the first year where I've had everybody on the team with the exception of probably three guys achieve their highest vertical throughout the entire year in season. Good. Really? Uh, and that was that was consistent with our, our women's hockey team also where the whole team had had seen their highest vertical throughout the entire year during the season uh, with the exception i think i think girls had all but four four or five girls
0: you test that every week
3: yeah every every every, every week we test for vertical
0: Hmm. that's not, that's cool that's a for me that's something that that has obviously changed since i've been there like i think we tested i don't know a couple times maybe two or three times in the season. But nope. you know, I, I've always talked about it, like the idea of you could just write a program and then that could be your program for the next six years. And then you kind of just sit around and blow a whistle, but it's literally the opposite with you. Like I'll talk to you about, Hey, I need a, uh, can I get that six weeks, six week, uh, speed training program, uh, that, that you gave me when I was there. And you're like, no, that one's not any good anymore. Uh, let me develop a new one. And like, you'll go to town and you'll put everything into it. And um, and to me, that's something that separates, you know, the good from the great as far as strength and conditioning coaches. And are, are you seeing – is there a reason why you do that? Like are there trends, good or bad, that you're seeing in strength and conditioning and specifically in the hockey world that uh, – like trends that you see that are changing and, and that's why you're changing or, or where is all that coming from?
3: Yes, I, I forget the exact – I, I forget exactly what it is, but it, it's, it, it's, something, it's something like the information uh, the information within strength conditioning doubles like every uh, I'm drawing a blank on what it is, but the, the information doubles like every five or six months or every, yeah. every year. It, it's like, there's so, so much information. Uh, and I, I, I try to do my best to to learn as much as I can. I enjoy, lo- I enjoy learning, and I enjoy applying what I learn. And as I learn more, I just I, I just I cannot redo a program knowing that I can make a better one. So it's like when, or like when you ask me for a program or uh, programming for our student athletes, like, with, like for our hockey players, knowing I can make a better program than I made a month ago or a year ago, a day ago I, I cannot re i cannot you know redo that program i have to give them a new one because i know that i can do better
1: yeah so where you know there's so much information out there and it just keeps getting better and better and you're learning more about the industry where uh where, where do you like to go for a lot of your information where where are you pulling this from
3: uh all over? And give your, your <laughs>
1: secrets away, right? <laughs> no.
3: All over, yeah. Um, so, some of the, some of the, I guess people I've been following lately, uh, or so. Cal Cal Dietz is uh, is I don't know I don't, I don't I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's he's regarded as one of he's 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 one of the best in not only the field of strength and strength strength and conditioning, but also one of the best within the hockey community of strength and conditioning. So I, f- I follow him. Uh, he's also a, a men- mentor, um, Mike Robertson. I follow him. Um, he has a, a cert- certification, uh, complete coach, complete coach, cert- cert- certification. He, he produces pretty good content, um, conditioning standpoint. I go, I, I look at, uh, Joel Jamison for uh, speed and agility. I look at T, uh, Lee Taft, um, simply faster as a, as a podcast, that, that i follow uh squat university so oh, you're pulling
1: from all right? different sources whether it's yeah this yeah. guy oh. reads
0: this guy reads like 50 books a day it's insane.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no wonder he's got so many books behind him no yeah. so you're i mean i guess the point is you're, you're pulling from a lot of different sources and a lot of you know, you've got people you you think are doing good work and you're you're pulling from their findings and whether that's online or in the books or in conferences or, or, or conversations I'd, I'd, I'd imagine. Right. For sure. Yeah. yep. Awesome. So you've, you know, throughout this, this talk so far, you've mentioned speed and agility several times. And so, I, you know, for me, that's, it, it, it seems like it's a pretty big focus on what you're doing. You said it was earlier in the podcast, um, you know, for the listeners, can you give any uh, specifics on some of your thoughts on developing speed and agility, or maybe a couple of the, you know, the things that are kind of some go-tos or some things you really like right now, uh, that your athletes are doing to improve their speed.
3: Yeah. So I think, um, when we, when we started getting, when we kind of started the, uh, conversation of our podcast, Danny mentioned that this being a a younger population. So, uh, what I would say for a younger, typical I'll, I'll say this typically younger athletes, need to develop more strength. Strength is kind of the base from which power and speed is built. So uh, a great idea would be to start with strength and the technique of exercises. And then once you have a solid base of strength and you're comfortable with the technique, then you can start doing a little bit more speed and agility. Um, That's not to say you can't also be doing speed and agility alongside Building the uh, strength, but strength is kind of the base from which it is built. Yeah. Lately, one of one of uh, I think one of the one of the, the best things we've been doing to develop speed and kind of those uh, the first three strides is across ball drops. And Danny, I don't know if we did that much when you were here.
0: Uh, Not a ton. That's probably why it's so slow.
3: <laughs> Sorry about that, man. <laughs> uh, but we started doing those past, I would say, two years, two or three, and I've I've seen a significant increase in our our, our speed, um, especially with the, the the acceleration of the first three steps doing the crossball drop, where you basically you have one partner stand on a line, the other partner is probably roughly five to seven yards back, depending on their level of speed. Um, you're either in a regular two-point standing start. You can also do a kneeling start, lateral kneeling start, different kind of start variations where they drop the ball and uh, the other the guy on the line gets up, catches the ball. So it also works on uh, reaction time, hand-eye coordination, agility, all that good, 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 good stuff.
0: Well, yeah, we'll have to get some video of that and uh, post it for our listeners so they can get a visual kind of what you're talking about. But um, you do that on the ice with them too? I, I know we do a lot where like – you'll hold your stick. And as soon as you let your stick go, like you have it on the ice and you let your stick go, the player has to skate and come get it. You ever, you translate that stuff to the ice or is that stuff more off ice?
3: I, I so last year was the first year that I implemented the uh, lacrosse ball drop on the, on the ice.
0: Nice. That'd be tough if the, if they're white too. Now you're working on a whole bunch of different things. <laughs> yeah. um, that's awesome. Cool. So as we we're we're going to kind of start to wrap it up a little bit here. Uh, let's let's dig into a little bit of ed, advice for uh, hockey players and let's let's talk about advice for youth hockey players that are expiring uh, just to reach that next level hockey whether it's squirts to peewees peewees to bantams, or high school to juniors to college what is what's some advice that you have to to give to our listeners
3: you know this might be boring the uh, the advice might be boring but it it'll, it'll have a, a huge impact if if follow through with um, number one, get at least eight hours of sleep. You need to sleep to recover. It's the recovery from the, the practice the workouts that make you a better hockey player. So get plenty of sleep. Two is dial in your nutrition. Uh, if you have a good nutrition plan, you'll have, you should be able to man, maintain a healthy body weight and maintaining a healthy body weight is the number one, factor, I would say the number one way to increase speed uh, as well as power. So have have a good diet plan. Uh, and then two, just always give your best effort. I remember there's, there's times when, you know, you can be tired and sore and you don't really want to do the workout. Uh, but if you just tell yourself, you know, despite how I'm feeling right now, I'm just going to give, just going to do my best. And if it's not as good as other days, that's okay. But as long as you give your best effort, things will work out. Uh, that hard work will pay off, and eventually, you'll find yourself at that next level.
1: For sure, I think that's great advice. You know, earlier in the in the talk here, Danny asked you what separated those pro players you've trained from, from some of the other guys that didn't make the NHL. And one of the first things he says recovery and then your advice, I think you're the first one that we've ever had that that's talked about sleep as some advice for a young hockey player and how important that is. And I think tying those two together is, you know, there's no, there's no mistake that those two things tie together. Um, and I think that's great advice for a young player about, you know, not being up on their phones all night long and, and, you know, mess around and mess and, with games or social media or whatever, but I, I, I love that. I think that's a huge thing that, you know, I see in my college athletes It's just not of high importance for a lot of, right. a lot of people. So I think it's a huge separating factor. What about, uh, Tommy, let's switch, switch gears a little bit. What about some advice for coaches out there from a strength and conditioning standpoint, You have an opportunity to tell uh, some youth hockey coaches or junior coaches Um, that are working with different athletes that are aspiring to reach higher levels. What kind of advice would you lend to those coaches?
3: Uh, I would say seek the advice of um, a a strength conditioning professional. I think one of, one of, you know, I haven't talked to a ton of coaches. So, so it's, it's hard, it's hard to give a blanket, uh, a blanket, I, don't know, I hate to say judgment, but a blanket judgment over uh, coaches. But it, it, it's common for me to see coaches want to do a lot of CrossFit uh, for their players and um, a lot of circuits. Whereas those those exercises may have a, a time and a place within a, a training year, uh, but for for the most part, those are not going to be the best exercises and methods for improving the the strength, power, speed, and, and performance of hockey players. So what I would say is, uh, seek the advice and input from, uh, strength, strength and conditioning professionals and see what they have to say in regards to, uh, to, to, to training. Um, yeah, go, go and go from there, I guess.
0: For sure. I think that's the biggest thing. And for me, a lot of times and and being a coach, like that's the easy thing to do, right. Is like, Hey, we're just going to do six stations and run them through that different workouts. Go, 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 go. But uh, there's a reason why there's positions like yourself that are out there um, training people. Like your sole focus is to take an athlete and make them a better athlete. And so I think that's awesome. Um, we're going to kind of wrap this up now. One, thank you a ton. I cannot thank you enough for coming on here. Uh, our our game plan is is to always have you back on and, and dive deeper into a certain topic. And so it's great uh, having our listeners get to know you. Uh, But one thing, one thing we always ask unless, uh, Cameron, unless you got anything else that you want to ask or, or Tommy, do you have any final thoughts before we jump into our big let's go?
3: I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: All right. Uh, Something we always ask our, our uh, guests to do is just give us a let's go. So you can get as into it as you want, or uh, just kind of mumble it like a few of our guests have, but uh, uh, would you mind giving us a big let's go?
3: Let's go hockey. Let's
0: go. <laughs> knew, it. knew we were going to get some energy. love Bring it. Bringing the heat. I love it. Thanks. I love it. Thanks, well, Tommy. For- thank you so
1: much for coming on today. It's it awesome getting to know you and, and picking your brain a little bit. Uh, for any of the listeners out there, where can they um, find you if they have anything, um, questions or follow ups or they want to reach out to you?
3: Uh, you know what? Email is probably best. Uh, and it's just my name. It's Thomas.incrot at mnsu.edu.
1: Perfect. Yes. We'll add some of that into the show notes and uh, people can reach out if they have any questions, but we appreciate you coming on. It's great learning yeah. from you and I uh, look forward to talking to you again here soon.
0: Yeah. And my final, <laughs> my final thoughts are, I mean, this guy is obviously crushing it, what he's doing. If you look at the records in the NCAA in the last four or five years, the the Minnesota state Mavericks are at the top of that list. Like I think at the very top of that list. And so, Whatever whatever you're doing, keep doing it because, one, it's fun to watch as an alumni, and, uh, two, it's good for hockey because it's producing better hockey players, which makes better NHL, which makes more late nights for me to stay up and watch it. So appreciate what you do, Coach, and uh, we'll, we'll see you soon, and we'll talk to you sooner.
3: Appreciate you guys.
0: Let's go. Thank you, T.I. Tommy, thanks for coming on here and, and taking the time to – talk to our guests, spread some knowledge and leave the game better than we found it. So we appreciate you brother. Thanks for coming on. As usual, we'll jump into our three stars, which are our big takeaways, things that uh, you can take into your everyday life or just things that we think are really, really cool. Cause we've had some NHL Stanley cup winners on here. So it's things like that, that we, we just really enjoy taking away and Tommy had a few golden nuggets that I think can help anybody really uh, go from good to great. So Coach, why don't you jump in, start us off with third star of the night.
1: Third star tonight, and thank you, Tommy, for coming on. I appreciate that. I think there's some great info, but third star tonight. uh, You know, I think I I would love to have him on again and talk through a ton of very specific drills that he's using with his athletes and why he's using them and how they're benefiting. And the one that he kind of teased at um, was his lacrosse ball drop. You know, as a huge – um, piece of what he's doing for the last couple seasons for improving the hockey players, reaction, coordination, agility, and speed. And I love your question, Danny, when he asked if he's doing it on the ice and and he add in there, you know, the white lacrosse balls on the white ice backdrop, making some mental uh, piece yeah. to it as well. But the fact that he's doing such a simple drill um, that he's seeing, uh, you know, massive improvements on his D one athletes, just from, you know, reaction timing and, 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 increasing the speed that way. I think that's a huge takeaway because that that right there, I'm hoping we can get some videos to put on the social feeds, but that right there is such a simple drill that anybody could do at home. And if, if they're seeing, um, you know, improvements at the D1 level doing that drill, you know, imagine what, what a high school player or a youth hockey player is going to see by improving their speed like that. So for me, that, uh, that little insight into his, his, uh, his training was a really cool piece. So that's number three for me.
0: Yeah. And if you do, if you do that drill, if you're listening and you're a kid and you're like, wow, well, I'm going to start doing that drill. If you do it, take some video and send it, send it our way. We'd love to repost it, give some shout outs on our social channels and stuff like that. So send it our way, but yeah, definitely a, a third star of the night and definitely something to put in the back pocket for the next, next training session
1: for sure. Second start tonight, there's a quote that I wrote down during this interview that I really, really liked. And he says the base on which speed is built. And I think, you know, for, for someone that's having the success in the career that he's having, I think that's such a huge, I mean, I think
0: that sums up a lot of what he does is that say the, say the quote again, he cut out just a bit on my end, just in case it uh, doesn't show up.
1: Yep. So strength is the base on which speed is built. So, I mean, you think about that, such a simple thought process, but as these athletes or as these hockey players are getting stronger, it opens up the doors for them to build speed and agility and, and that explosiveness on the ice to be able to compete at the higher levels because we all know like one of the biggest separating factors from one level to the next level up is that, that speed, whether it's speed of, of feet, speed of hands, speed of mind, um, you've got to be able to compete at, a, do what you do at a faster level if you want to keep having success at higher levels. So I, I love that quote from him and I'm going to write it down and, and hang on to that one.
0: For sure. Yeah. He's, uh, he's extremely dialed in and I'll say it over and over again, but, um, number one star kind of ties everything together. It's just his mindset. Like I wasn't kidding. This guy does read so many books and when he's not reading books, he's listening to books on audio. And when he's not listening to books on audio, he's writing books. And so like this guy, the cool thing about his mindset is the idea that he enjoys learning so much, but then he also, he said that he he enjoys applying what he learns to make others around him better. And so that's a huge mindset thing. And uh, we talked about the programming stuff and how he, he won't, he cannot redo. So he can't recycle and keep using programs, knowing that he can make a better one even if it's a change in sets or a change in reps or a change in scheme or whatever it is, like those little tiny tweaks can be the difference from an athlete signing an AHL deal and an NHL deal coming out of college. And so his mindset is for me, number one star Uh, he's, he talks about always giving an effort, even when you don't feel bad. I don't think he's missed a workout personally uh, since I've met him. And uh, I mean, back when him and I used to work out a ton back in the day and he, he would go, he would do two a days and like this guy, and he would do the program that he wanted his athletes to do. Like he would test all these programs. And so it's not just like dreaming it up in his mind, doing research and then sending it out there. It's like dreaming it up, doing the research, making sure it's right and then testing it himself. And so this guy, this guy's mindset is crazy strong. And so with, we we are going to have him back on. And, and just the idea of like diving into X, Y, and Z here are the three things you can do, um, you know, to be a better hockey player. And, you know, this one was great to get to know him, but I think there's so much information that he has built up in his head that it would be awesome to get it on this podcast. So I'm excited yeah, it'll for be it.
1: Fun to tap into that and, and maybe get him on with another uh, strength and condition coach and just let him let him talk through different ideas. And you and I just grab some popcorn and listen, right? So. <laughs> and a, and a pencil. <laughs> um, yeah, well, Tommy, Krat, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I think that was a great episode. I think that that's, uh, you know, what he does for his athletes is kind of a missing piece for a lot of, uh, athletes coming up that strength and conditioning component. I mean, you can't just show up to the rink and expect to play at the top of your game. If you haven't put in anything off the ice, you know, in, in between your ice sessions. And and that's exactly what he does for his athletes and helps push them and build them to, to be successful and reach those next levels. So, um, I enjoyed it. I think it was a good one.
0: Any last thoughts, Peter? No, just thanks again. Um if you want to reach out to Tommy, we'll have all that stuff linked below. And enjoy it. Slash that like button and let's
2: go. Let's go. We want to make sure we thank our sponsors. First of all, hockeywolf.com and lacrossewolf.com for all things hockey and lacrosse. We hope that you guys are using them for all of your hockey and lacrosse needs. Finally, gel stick sports gel sticks are the most innovative and best weighted training aids on the market for hockey lacrosse and golf they've got it all and if you haven't heard about gel sticks you need to go check them out at gelsticks.com that's g-e-l-s-t-x.com get yourself a weighted training aid and maximize your next training session with a gel sticks Right now, we've teamed up with them to offer you 20% off your entire order. Go visit their website and fill up your basket with all of the training aids for any sport that your heart desires. Then use promo code LETSGO at checkout. That's L-E-T-S-G-O at checkout. Save yourself 20%. Get a training product to help you maximize all of your time off the ice, on the driving range, whenever you're shooting in your backyard. Hockey, lacrosse, golf, they've got it all. So go to GelSticks.com today and let them know that we sent you by using the promo code Let's Go. So thank you so much to GelSticks and thank you, the listener. You know we love you and we couldn't do this without you, and we'll see you next time.